authority. Stand, if you will, for the reading of God's word. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, That ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit upon the throne of his glory, ye also shall, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Thank you, and you may be seated. All right, thank you, Brother Jim. That will be there in Matthew 19 in just a few minutes before that. Why don't we just take a few minutes like we do to pray, get ready for the uh, service and the preaching and everything else coming up. And so we'll pray here collectively, quietly to yourself. You know what to do. And I'll close this out here in just a minute. Heavenly Father, thank you today, uh, just for a good day, and thank you for a good spirit. Lord, just uh, thank you for the ability to assemble once again tonight. And Lord, we're looking forward tonight for what you have for us. And we just ask you, you know, and everyone to uh, take it for granted, Lord, that uh, we need you. We need you as your word goes out. We need the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, who will be uh, taking the word and, and doing that work in our hearts. And We just need your help to to remove distractions and remove anything that would uh, cause us to wander off from from what uh, you're trying to get uh, our attention with. And so, Father, we uh, are just looking to you tonight to do that, and we're just trusting you, Lord, that as you do that work in your in our hearts, Lord, that we'll just respond to you. That we'd make the changes tonight, Lord, that we would have the heart and the attitude to say yes tonight and allow you to do whatever you want in our life. We're looking forward to it tonight. And we thank you. We lift up those that haven't been able to be here today. Uh, Lord, I know there's several with so many health issues. And we just pray that you would uh, restore them and bring them back to us and heal their bodies. And uh, we, we pray for them tonight. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Stand one more time and turn to page 122. Page 122. <clears throat> There's a call come ringing o'er the restless way. Send the light, send the light. Souls to rescue, there are souls to set. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. We have heard the Macedonian call today, send the light, send the light, and a golden offering at the cross we light, send the light, send the light, send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore, send the light. Gospel, I let it shine forevermore. Let us pray that grace for everywhere about. Send the light, send the light, and a Christ like spirit everywhere be found. Send the light, send the light, send the light. Blessed gospel, I let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel, I let it shine forevermore. Let us not grow weary in the work of love. Send the light, send the light. Let us gather jewels for a crown above. Send the light, send the light, send the light. The blessed gospel light, let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light, the blessed gospel light, let it shine forevermore. May be seated. Pastor. Open your Bible. How did we do that? All right. It's on. So, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 19. Brother Jim read our text uh, for us tonight. Matthew chapter 19. Lord willing, we started last week and we looked at the subject of, of marriage and divorce and all of that great fun topic and, uh, and uh, tried to expose the text here and what was going on. But tonight what I want to do is I want to um, look at... Are we done? We good? All good? Thank you, 
How's that? Is that good? Okay. So, where was I? Oh, yeah, we're going to go. We're in Matthew 19. That's where I am. And we're going to look at uh, the rest of this chapter. Are we done punching buttons? Are we good? (laughs) Okay. Thank you. That can be a hard job back there. And uh, especially when things go haywire and you're going, it's worked just fine. For and now it's going off again. We'll try that. I'll fix it. I'm just kidding. How's that? Can you give me some more volume now, though? (laughs) Hey, can we start over? Yeah, good. So this does not count towards my time. This is all just fresh. This is our practice run, and now we're ready to go. So what on earth? Okay, wonderful. Where were we? Oh, Matthew 19, that's where we were. And uh, we looked at this last week, and I want to look tonight, what I want to do is I want to go through and just finish up the rest of the chapter here, and you're going, no, we only went like through the first few verses of chapter 19, and uh, but uh, Lord willing, we're going to uh, get through this, because it's, it's a fascinating, this is neat to me, the, the chapter is very fascinating, how it breaks down, and I want to look how it breaks down, and there's an application here. Um, that of how if through for, through something that becomes a, a something spiritual, and God, God, God never intended, you know, for married people to be separated. It just, I mean, it happens. We know that. We understand that. We're not relitigating all of this from last week, and uh, it just happens. But it was never God's intention. And in a verse six, Jesus said this: "What God hath joined together." Let not man put asunder. What God has put together, don't don't you put uh, put that asunder. And really, the overarching principle of the subject of marriage really is authority. God is creator. God has the right to determine how His creation lives, right, and how His how marriage looks like and who it's between. It's not between. Uh, I don't want to say this because it's it's just too easy. But it's not between a man and a man and a woman and one. We know that it's between a man and a woman, right? And it was supposed to be for life, and and that was just God's ideal. And we see this here, and this is what Jesus told uh, told these Pharisees that came to try to push him into a trap. And we see, I'll tell you, it's very fascinating to me. You see the mind of God embedded, embedded on marriage. You see the mind of God embedded in in the genealogy in Matthew. They were brought unto him, okay? But Jesus said, in, in regardless, even if they rebuked the children, it's the same problem here. The disciples rebuked him. But Jesus said, suffer the little children, and forbid them not to come unto me, for of such 
is the kingdom of heaven. So here is Jesus. He's teaching the multitude in this area across the Jordan River, in the, the east of the Jordan River. And, and the, the multitudes are there. And somebody somehow has gathered up a bunch of children while he's teaching. And they're, they're, they brought them down to Jesus. And they want them to bless him. They want Jesus to bless them. They want Jesus to pray over them. And it, here is the disciples who, uh, of course, rebuke them. And, and in verse 14, he intervenes. Uh, Jesus says, no, don't do that. He says these words, for such, for of such is the dependent upon God. Jesus himself said, without me, ye can do nothing. And I think he meant that. That was not, that was not hyperbole whatsoever. Completely dependent and completely trusting This should mark a child of God in the kingdom of God. Completely trusting. So watch this. The goal of marriage is to stay together. Right. So we have here the care of children requires more energy than the care of self-sufficient adults. It takes more time to care for children. No, you can leave them to their own. But what happens? You got the kids when they were young, or you got the grandkids over, and silence comes over the house. You go, uh oh, let's go find them. <laughs> because they were just screaming bloody murder for like an hour, and now everything's quiet, and they're not napping. This is not good, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, they require a lot more energy to take care of than adults sometimes. So we have marriage, we have little children. Notice the third thing. Look at verse 16. I mentioned this this morning. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I might have eternal life? Of course, he was looking for a work to do to be saved. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one that is God. Now, I know people go to hear the, the detractors say, see, even Jesus himself said he wasn't God. No, he wasn't saying that. He was, <laughs> he was kind of uh, uh, pressing him on the issue of why you would call me good. Are you acknowledging that I'm God? I mean, listen, there's, there's, he, he wasn't saying that he wasn't God. By any means, he was not saying that. But look what he says. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, which... Which ones do I have to keep? And Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? We know what he said. We saw it this morning. That thou will be perfect. If thou will be complete. If you want to be spiritually mature, if you want to be to, to all that you're supposed to be for God, if you, want to, if you want to be everything that you're supposed to be, go sell your stuff. Get all your stuff piled up and sell it. And then take what you've sold to take the money and give it to the poor. And that's not all. Follow me. Follow me. We saw that this morning, verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Great possessions. He walked away from Jesus because he didn't want to walk away from his stuff. 
So number one, we have the goal of marriage is to stay together. Number two, the care of children require more energy than the care of adults. Number three, number three, following wealth. He walked away from Jesus because he didn't want to walk away from his stuff. Now let me show you number four. Look at verse 27. Brother Jim read this for our text. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, followed thee. What shall we have therefore? And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the generation, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall sit all ye shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mothers, or wife, or children, or lands for my name's sake, shall receive an hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. So here comes Peter with a question. We just read it. He said, we forsook all and we have followed thee. Now the rich young ruler, he did not want to forsake all. And so he did, and because he did not want to follow, because he didn't want to forsake all, he was not going to follow Jesus. And Peter said, well, hold on a minute. We have forsaken all, so we can follow you. What are we going to get in exchange? In verse 28, of course, Jesus says, Hey, when the Son is on His throne, you're going to be on 12 thrones as well. And you're going to be judging the 12 tribes of Israel. There's two things that Jesus said. You're going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. And secondly, watch this. He said, you're going to receive a hundredfold. Now, obviously, this was spiritual. When you get to heaven, He wasn't going to have a hundred moms and a hundred brothers and a hundred sisters and a hundred wives and a hundred... You get what I mean, right? But Jesus did say, which was factual and actual, you're going to have more than you ever gave up here. You will have more (laughs) in the next life than you ever thought of giving up here. And notice the final words of Jesus in the chapter here. Look at this. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Those who sacrificed on earth will be first in the kingdom. And those who sacrificed for the things of this earth will be last in the kingdom. So you see this. We have these four areas that are presented to us here in chapter 19. You have marriage, which was the goal of it is to not walk away. Number two, you have children. The goal of that, which is to, is 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 that which requires more care than that of an adult. Number number three, you have the the rich young ruler who followed wealth, who walked away from Jesus because he didn't want to walk away from his stuff. And number four, finally, those who are following Jesus, the disciples walked away from stuff to follow Jesus. There's four things. Four subjects of chapter 19. Marriage, children, riches, and relationship. A relationship with Jesus Christ. What is the theme of these four subjects? There's a commonality between them 
that I believe Jesus is pointing out here. There's a commonality. There's a, there's a theme here that is going all the way through here, which is what I wrote down in my own stuff, notes, are two words, walking away. Walking away. For those who will walk away, there are those, I should say, who will walk away from marriage. There are those who will walk away from the care of children. There are those who will walk away from following Jesus. And there are those who will walk away from their wealth so they can follow Jesus. There's a theme here of walking away. But there is a greater theme of these four subjects than even that of walking away. I think there's a greater theme here. And I mentioned it at the very beginning. And it's the theme of sacrifice. Sacrifice. To treat marriage biblically takes sacrifice. To deal with children biblically takes sacrifice. To to handle riches biblically takes sacrifice. To follow the Lord Jesus biblically, it takes sacrifice. There's a theme here. There's a theme here, right? What is marriage? Marriage, what do we do? We sacrifice for the sake of the whole to become one, right? We are sacrificing, why? For the sake of this unit called marriage where two have become one. Notice children, we sacrifice for the sake of the weaker and the dependent. When it comes to riches, we, they, they sacrifice, they, they're sacrificed there, but it's for the sake of self, the rich young ruler. Oh, listen, there is still sacrifice with the rich young ruler, but it's all about him. It's not about Christ. And then you come to Peter, and there is sacrifice. Sacrifice for the sake of God. Following Jesus for the sake of God. Now notice here, sacrifice. What does it mean? Here's, here's the definition I'll give you. Dictionary.com. To, to surrender or give up well, listen to this. To permit injury or disadvantage to for the sake of something else. I like that. To permit injury or disadvantage for the sake of something else. Kind of what you do with forgiveness, don't you? You sacrifice. Here's Webster's 1828. I like this very first one. To destroy. <laughs> To surrender or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something. To destroy, sacrifice means to destroy, to surrender or suffer to be lost for the sake of obtaining something. Yeah. Now watch this please. You can sacrifice your marriage. You can sacrifice the children. You can sacrifice Jesus. You can sacrifice your stuff. But the only sacrifice that you can get back is that which is sacrificed for Jesus Christ. Go ahead and sacrifice your marriage. You may not get it back. Go ahead and sacrifice the raising of your children. You might not get them back. Go ahead and sacrifice to have and get all you can and can all you get and sit on the can. Go ahead and sacrifice it. You might not get it back because the Bible says it makes wings and it flies away. Hey, we know that very well, don't we? The only thing you can walk away from for Jesus' sake and get more in return 
are the things we walk away from so we can accomplish the will of God. This is what Peter was talking about. This is the sacrifice that Jesus is talking about. When we walk away from those things so we can follow Christ. That's the sacrifice that Jesus says in the next life, hundredfold. You know what it tells us? God is well aware of our sacrifice. Nothing passes the knowledge and the and, and the and, 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 and the view and the, the, the observation of God. Nothing passes that. He sees it all. Remember what he said? If you give a cup of water in my name, yeah. he sees it all. He sees what nobody sees. He sees the sacrifices that nobody else uh, sees. Yeah. Sacrifice. That's what we're talking about tonight. Here's a theme in this chapter tonight. Sacrifice. There is a man in our church in Springfield. I won't mention his name, but he's passed away now. But at a time in his life, he was tapped by the state of Missouri to head, I believe it was to head the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources. And... Uh, he had the opportunity, a pretty good job, a good retirement job. He had already sold a company that he had and was doing kind of freelance stuff in his field. The state of Missouri wanted him, and uh, he said no. You know the only reason why? It was because he believed God had placed him in the body that he was in, that church, and to take that job would have meant to leave that church, and he didn't think it was the will of God to leave his church. Yeah. It was sacrifice. God, God saw that. Yeah. Absolutely. Sacrifice. Let me give you one last thing. If you walk away from anything in this life to accomplish the will of God, Jesus said, that it be rewarded a hundredfold in the next life. But, like I said earlier, if you walk away from marriage, if you walk away from children, if you walk away from the Lord Jesus, yeah, those don't come back. Yeah. You know what we need today? We need Christians who will walk away from this world when Christ calls and walk with Him. You know what we need today? We need, we need believers that live lives of sacrifice. Those who will sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ. Sacrifice. We know what Romans 12.1 says, don't you? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Remember what, over in John 3.30, John said he, he said, he said, he must increase. I must decrease. What is he saying? Sacrifice. He needs to have the priority. He needs to have the preeminence in my life. Remember that we, where, 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 we, where we are in the point of this, of this discourse in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this. Jesus is making his final trip to Jerusalem. Watch this. He is heading to Calvary. He's heading to Calvary and he is telling his disciples here, he's teaching them along the way and the theme of 19, sacrifice. Why? The one teaching it is the ultimate sacrifice 
that there is. He's going to give the ultimate sacrifice that was ever and can ever and will ever be given his own life of the perfect, spotless, holy uh, Lamb of God. Sacrifice was coming. Over in John it says in, in 15, 13, Greater love hath no man than this, but that he lay, that a man lay down his life for his friends. A sacrifice is what we're talking about. This is what Jesus is talking about. The one who gave himself as a ransom for many is the one who is teaching us to live a life of sacrifice. And I think he has all of the authority to teach us that. Not only because he is God, but also watch by practice as well. You'll never live the sacrifice that Jesus lived. You know, so many are walking away from the wrong things. So many in the uh, believers in Christ, they're in Christ, they're saved, they're born again, and they just seem like they're walking away from the wrong things. Right. And what God has called us to is life of sacrifice. Now, your sacrifice may look different than somebody else's. We don't measure up with somebody else and go, oh, I bet I got They did that, I got to beat that one, I'm going to beat that one. They do it in the Philippines. Around the time of the resurrection, they're walking around beating themselves and whipping themselves and putting themselves on crosses and hanging themselves up and blood's going everywhere. It's it's incredible. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's like he didn't call you to do that. Yeah. Say, what should I sacrifice? Well, watch. Anything that gets in the way of following God. Anything that gets in the way of accomplishing what he has called you and told you to accomplish. Well, what does that look like? Well, I did so well this morning at Medlane and giving you all sorts of ideas. I thought I'd try it again. You liked it so well. I mean, the response was wonderful. If you can't make it to church because you have a favorite show, there's just something to sacrifice. Yeah. It just dawned on me one day. I was like, you know, I, I guess people have favorite shows, don't they? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about it, you know. Now we have DVR, so you don't even have to do that. Now you can just DVR the dumb thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know these don't all. I'm just, you know, these are all the, the these are all the easy picking ones, okay? Can't tithe. You had to stop tithing because you got a new car. Yeah. Yeah, Martin knows. That doesn't work. I know. I know. Uh, Can't give to missions because you had to get a new computer. Right? Still have pins. They work pretty handily. Right? I bet, I bet, I bet, uh, I bet uh, uh, Chris would just build you one. I mean, he could probably build you one for free, right? Yeah, he's probably got all the parts. Yeah. Can't drive a church bus or a van or something like that because, well, good night, I sleep in on Sunday mornings. Well, if the Lord wanted you to do that, I guess I guess you'd sacrifice your sleeping in on Sunday mornings. See what I mean? I mean it, right? 
I, I can't come to men's prayer. I've already got my own routine on Saturday for the longest, for years and years and years on the farm. The routine, the, the tradition was everybody went to the farm because my grandmother had to make cinnamon rolls and coffee. And I'm telling you, the entire family was there every Saturday morning. It was for years and years and years. She went to the nursing home. You know what they did? They went to the nursing home with it. And they had a little room and they, it was just family tradition. You know what? But Saturday morning was also soul winning. So you just sacrifice some stuff. Friend, listen, no matter what, whatever you sacrifice will never, will never be what God himself sacrificed. Right. Never. You know what I think tonight? I think he's worthy. Of whatever we have, whatever He has called us to, and I'm telling you, I'm going to say it again, it's not what God has called you to is not necessarily what God has called somebody else to. What God has called you to sacrifice isn't necessarily what God has called somebody else to sacrifice, which also means don't look at somebody else all the time and go, well, that's not enough, right? I'm doing more than they are. Hey, just listen. Let God deal with that, all right? Sacrifice. You know, if we're going to see revival in our church, revival in our individual lives, revival in this, uh, uh, revival affecting, uh, let me say it this way, revival affecting our, our town and our city and our the country and our nation, all of these things. I'll tell you what, we've got, to, we've got to learn a life of sacrifice again. Yeah. Kind of like that haircut for the watch chain, right? And the sold watch for the hair clips. Yeah. A life of sacrifice is really a life of love. That's what it is. Lord, I'm so in love with you. It doesn't matter what you ask. I'm there. I'm there. No, sometimes you gulp. <laughs> Are you sure? Sometimes we want to make sure, Right? something comes up, the Lord says, I need this, and you go, oh, well, try the spirits, make sure they pay him. better be of God. That's a big one to sacrifice. All right, you better, yeah. No, you're saying I'm willing to give up what I may want so that you can have what you want. So the question is, are we living a life of sacrifice? What does that mean? Always prepared and ready. Always prepared and ready that when God speaks, we are ready to say, sure. Yeah. When a need arises in the kingdom and we say, oh, I can do that. It's a life of sacrifice. This is so contrary to our culture today. So contrary. And the more contrary it gets, it gets more difficult to live that way. It really does. We have every creature comfort in front of us that we could ever want. Yeah. And uh, just it, it's a challenge at times. But uh, we need to make sure we maintain that. A heart and an attitude and a life. A life of sacrifice. Your time, your energy... Your money, three elements of worship. Yeah. Father, thank you for this outline here in Matthew 19. 
you, you above anyone else, the most beautiful picture of sacrifice. And we thank you for that. We're here because of your sacrifice. We sing because of your sacrifice. We have joy and peace and love and grace and the indwelling Spirit of God because of that, because of your sacrifice. We have hope and we have the blessed hope and we're looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and because of your sacrifice. I mean, everything that we have and all that we are and all that we do and all that we have in our future is all because that you sacrificed. And we thank you for that tonight. Now, as your children, would you help us as we emulate emulate our Heavenly Father. As we emulate our elder brother, would you help us to be people of sacrifice? Not my will, but thine be done. Would you help us to be that? We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand tonight, if you would. The instrument will play. However the Lord has spoken to you tonight, people are praying. Maybe you just need to ask the Lord, is there anything... Am I a a person of sacrifice? Would you make me a life that is a life of sacrifice? Not walking away. Not walking away where where we're not supposed to. But walking with the Lord Jesus. And listen, we know this. We know it. If we're going to walk with the Lord... So many times, we're going to have to sacrifice some things to do it. But he's worth it. Sometimes he calls us to sacrifice our dreams, our thoughts, our plans that we had. Because he has something else he has for us. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer tonight. Look at that. Started four minutes late, not four minutes early. That's eight minutes. How did that happen? Wow. Sacrifice. No, I'm joking. Anyway. It was a good day today. Good to see everybody out tonight. Um, got a lot of work going on across the street. We'll, Lord willing, see you Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be out door knocking Thursday night, Lord willing. Weather allows us to. And we'll be out doing that. And uh, uh, pray for one another. Uh, if you get a chance, check up on those. Some of those that I know aren't feeling well, I haven't been able to be here. And might give them a kind word and let them know you're praying for them. And I know that would be an encouragement. So, All right, let's be closing a word of prayer tonight. Brother Bob Healy. Brother Bob, would you close us in prayer tonight?